after 20 years of owning my company, Million Dollar Tan, I sold it. It still sounds crazy to say out loud and it brings every possible emotion, but mostly excitement. Excitement for what I've accomplished, but even more so, excitement for the next chapter. This was a huge decision to make and a milestone in my life and of course for the company. So on today's podcast, I'm sharing the details why I considered selling it in the first place, and all the emotions that I went through, feeling like I was losing a part of who I am. There were lots of tears and lots of cheers and everything else in between. Join me today for what I think will be an entertaining and inspiring story of my 20-year journey starting and building and selling my company. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Big deep breath going into this podcast today. I sold my company, my first business, my first love, my passion project, my everything for the last 20 years. I sold it. And it still sounds so crazy to say and so crazy to think about. But I did, and I'm excited, and I'm excited to share with you. I feel like we're friends, and I feel like I'm calling a friend to share this this news, but also to kind of share my story. I love hearing other people's stories in life and in business and companies and their entrepreneurial journey. So I thought it'd be fun to give you kind of a quick summary of how I started my company, how my company evolved, how I evolved, and how I ended up selling the company. It's just kind of the craziest, it's just the craziest, and it's still really crazy to say and talk about. This has been happening for over the last like six months, and I've gone through every emotion possible. It's just so crazy to really, like I linked Million Dollar Tan with my identity, and I don't even know when that happened or why or how, but When I was first approached with an offer to buy my company, I was like, how could I buy my company? Like, it is me. It's part of who I am. And then at the beginning of last year, January, I was turning 40 in uh, October. And I thought, oh my gosh, okay, walking into turning 40, what have I done in the first 40 years? And what do the next 40 years look like? And kind of approaching 40 as a milestone and a marker. And I just thought, you know what? I think that this is a good time to close this chapter. And I I'm, I can't even tell you, I've, I've, I've shed so many more tears through this process than I ever thought because it was so a part of me. And I started it when I was so young. So it's kind of, it's, we've grown up together in a way. So let's start at the beginning. And I promise you, I'm not going to take you through every story that has ever happened in the, just the highlights, the things that I think are the most interesting and kind of, you know, give the best picture of how I started it and how I grew it and all the different opportunities. So I am from Orange County, California. Originally, I moved to San Diego for college with my best friend, Amanda from high school. And then we were roommates in the dorms. 
We went to San Diego State University in San Diego, California, Southern California, and we loved it. We had such a great time in college, but I knew um, I knew I wanted to start a company. I was born to be an entrepreneur. I was reading entrepreneur books as young as I can remember. So going through college, I joined my sorority. I became president of the sorority. And like, I loved everything about the college experience, but still there was just something that was like, I have to, I, I'm just like dying to get going. I'm dying to get started. So I, I graduated early and moved back up to Orange County and started my sunless tanning business, Million Dollar Tan. So I started it with the professional side of the business only. So that's where I manufacture and distribute sunless tanning equipment and tanning solution and products to pros. So they can offer the professional spray tanning service. So this could be salons or spas. It can be independent contractors like estheticians or hairstylists or nail techs or just people who want to start their own business or side business. Very cool. It was very, when I started, I was 20 years old and the industry was really new. Like I had to explain to people, okay, you're going to stand naked or half naked in front of a stranger or me, and I'm going to tan you. I promise you it's going to be the best tan of your life. You're going to love it, but you're going to be naked in front of another person who's going to be spraying you. It was that long ago, and it was that new to where people were like, wait, what? Like, why would I do that, and is it really worth it? Now, a professional spray tan is like, oh, yeah, that's just that's normal, but back then, it really wasn't, so um, and I was definitely wasn't the only company doing this. There were several of us that were really kind of, you know, leading the way as far as starting the way this industry is how we know it to be now. So I started with the Million Dollar Tan Pro side of the business. I was traveling to different conventions, as many conventions as I could afford. I would reinvest the money and I would go. I would have the smallest booth possible, but where I would really maximize is I would always go to every after event the minglers and the socials. I wasn't even 21 yet. And I was so nervous because most of these things were, you know, in areas like bars and kind of restaurant bars where you needed an ID. And I was just so nervous. I never ordered anything. I was like, please, nobody find out that I'm under 21. Not just because I was in a bar and I shouldn't have been, but because I was like, you know, these people, especially if they had a chain of salons or spas, they were sometimes giving me, you know, ten or fifteen thousand dollars for to set them up with spray tanning and equipment. So I was just like, if they find out that I'm twenty and I, you know, that they're in bed, I just want them to trust me and I just want them to feel comfortable and I just want this to work. So I'm going to these shows and I'm meeting with these owners. And listen, I was so grateful for the opportunity and hungry and young and wanting to learn. And I was willing to do anything. So I would sell them the systems and then they would fly me. And listen, I was like as reasonable as I could. I would stay at whatever hotel because I wanted it to work. I didn't want to just sell them. I wanted to really create long lasting accounts. So we would set up, um, we would set them up with all of their equipment and then I would fly out. Sometimes I would be flying to many locations if they had chains of salons or spas and I would train all of the staff. So even if the staff kind of had turnover, there was enough of the staff that I worked with directly and the managers that that good training that I did that one day of training in each location really lasted because they knew how to do it right. They knew about the products. Because for me, it was all about quality. If someone was going to any location and getting a million dollar tan spray tan, I wanted it to be great. 
I wanted it to be consistent no matter where they went throughout the country. So one location at a time. Um, It was great if I could set up a chain because it was a much bigger account and lots of opportunities for me. But I traveled all over doing all this. And like I said, I was young. I didn't have a family. I didn't have ties. When I moved back from college, I lived back at my parents' house for a very short period of time. And then what I did is I was traveling around so much, I was barely there. Then I saw how much money all these accounts were making that I was that I was helping them set up these businesses that I was like, I have to do this. I have to do one of my own first because it's an incredible, I'm helping people make all this money. I want to do a spa of my own. So I built Million Dollar Tan Sunless Tanning in, and Day Spa in Orange County, California. So I set up my own spa and it was um, four spray tanning areas, four spray tanning rooms, and then facials and massage and a sauna and a shower. It was a full spa, like a good size spa. And so I renovated the entire thing, a lot of it by hand, by myself. Again, everything I made, I invested in the business, but this was not a glamorous setup. I did not get a loan. I took out a couple credit cards to pay for things, but I never got um, a, a loan. I never got money from family. I really earned it and I really tried to just work hard and knock it in over my head. I, I've said on previous podcasts, I'm a very just conservative person by nature, but I don't judge other people. And one of the very interesting ways that I was able to make a lot of cash really quickly is I would spray tan at strip clubs. Like talk about a fish out of water. I'm just, a, I'm just, I've always been a very conservative person and I would go, but that was, you know, it's high demand. They want to look tan. They want to look good. So I'd go set up in like the get ready room of a strip club, or sometimes I would do it days before, but that was like the best place where they were all at at one time. And so I would spray tan lots and lots of girls. It would not take me very long and I'd walk out with cash and I'd invest it all into the business. So I started my spray tan studio. It really got going. I moved into a loft above the business, 100% not zoned to live in, but I wanted to work as much as possible. And I didn't even have a shower. I had a bathroom, but I would have to walk down the stairs, which was like partially outside in a courtyard and into my spa with, you know, flip flops on like shower shoes, like college to use the spa shower. I just wanted to keep my personal expenses low and I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there all the time, work as hard as I could, put my all into the business. So I was shipping orders when I could during the day for the pro side of the business still and at night once it closed. The funniest part is the loft shared a wall. Like my wall was one of the most fun and loud dive bars in Orange County. It's called Goat Hill Tavern. If you live in the area, you know, it's wild and crazy no matter what till 2 a.m. And I literally shared a wall with this bar. So endless stories and lots of loud music and not a lot of sleep, but it was a great place to have a business because there was an energy and, um, you know, lots of people around, lots of new business all the time, new people finding out about our location and coming in. Plus, I had an awesome team. I have a team. I had a team of about a dozen. Most of them were girls my age in their early twenties. A lot of them were friends and um, sorority sisters from college that had moved back up to Orange County. We had a blast. Then we started doing as a team more trade shows and conventions and having a bigger presence in the industry. 
my spa had white fur walls, which I applied myself. I put up like fur fabric all on the walls and like a big white couch in the front. And we had what we became very well known for. We had a margarita machine in the front, like one of those spinning margarita machines. So it was like yummy and blended all the time. So we had margaritas going in the front and we had spa services. The benefit of this location as well is it kind of served as a flagship store. And I was also able to work out all the kinks of the business so I could train my pro locations even better. It was a great flagship store. So people who wanted to come and fly in and get trained, it was an, it became much more efficient for me to train people because I wasn't flying all over. People were flying to me. And also I became just as good as I could get at helping people build their businesses because I encountered every problem. I was asked every question. I knew the business behind it. And I was really able to kind of hack through everything. Really, the secret to my financial success at that location was I did an automatic. I did $100 a month unlimited spray tanning. So it was a great deal for people. If you wanted to come in twice a week, you could. But I was guaranteed $100 for those people. So what I did is I just figured out what my hard costs were. What are my expenses? Okay, how many monthly people, how many monthly subscriptions do I need to completely cover all my expenses and then anything else is profit. So that's how I marketed it. I knew what my what my monthly goal had to be, how many people I had to have on unlimited tanning and that covered all my expenses and then everything else was profit because I wanted to make sure as, you know, some months we are busier or slower, this industry can be a little bit seasonal. I just wanted to make sure that I was never in one of those panic situations because I knew I was young and by the way, I was very young to take on such risk. And I'm so glad I did. And I learned so many things the hard way. But a lot of people were right when they told me, like I went to my my grand, my my whole family is in the golf industry. They have chains of golf stores. My grandfather's name is Roger Dunn. And there's a chain of golf stores here in California. And I think it was in other states too called Roger Dunn Golf Stores, Roger Dunn Golf Shops. So I had him come in and he's like, as I was doing the construction of the spa and he's like, yeah, this is not a great plan. You should share a front desk role with someone, rent one room first, build it up, build your clientele, then have your own location. He was totally right. There were some months when I was so panicked about making rent and went through all these headaches. Like he was absolutely right. I did not have the business experience and I was young, but what I did have was grit. And I knew that I would just, I would work hard to make whatever, whatever I needed to do work. But there were a lot of people that told me I was going to make mistakes and this, you know, this or this was the wrong plan. And they were right. But I forged it anyways. And I figured, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? And a lot of times the worst did happen, but it all worked out. I built up the spa until we were at our maximum, like our books were full. We really couldn't, we really couldn't have any more, have any more business. Every appointment was pretty much full you know, almost year round. So I was like, okay, I I really figured out how to make this work. It took a while to get in the groove, but once we did, we were jamming. And it was around this time that I met Craig and Craig was like, this is crazy. You're living in, you know, like a business. You're not living in a place. So Craig and I dated for a while. I moved in with him and I was still working a ton, 
But I realized at that point that there was some value to having a work-life balance, which I re- which I didn't have at all before I met Craig. I mean, I was still social and doing lots of things, but it was all related to work and the, the people that worked for me and, and meetings and traveling and all that kind of stuff. So when I moved in with Craig, I was like, okay, there's got to be a little bit more balance here. And he was actually the one that was like, okay, your spa's at its max. Like you've you've done it. You've made it a flagship. You've learned all the lessons. What if you sold the spa so that you could focus more on the pro side of the business? I was like, brilliant. I put the business up for sale and it sold pretty quickly. For some reason, well, probably because I knew the next step, that sale wasn't nearly as emotional as this sale because I was selling that location, that spa, which again, I lived there. I poured so much into But I knew it was freeing me up to build the business bigger. So at that point, I developed a full retail line as well. So the pro side of the business, again, sells direct to pros, uh, people who want to offer the spray tanning service. And then the retail side is direct to consumer. So people can apply Sunless Tanner at home to do it on their own. So it's bottles of lotion, uh, mousse, sprays, so you can get a fabulous spray tan in your own bathroom developed the retail line, and then really charged it. Charged trade shows for pro. Now I was doing some of them were joint, but trade shows for the retail side of the business and the pro side of the business. And I built an office and a team, a full marketing team, a business team, strategy, all of it to really grow this, really grow this business right. It was no longer just me kind of bootstrapping it and grit and grinding it out, but I really built a an actual team to make it happen. It worked out really great because I moved a couple moved offices as we grew and we eventually landed sharing a building with my husband Craig. His main business is a marketing business, so my office and warehouse were on one side of the building and his were on the totally opposite side of the building. So it was fantastic. We could really grow as we needed to in space. And also I could use a lot of his because my team has always been, well, not always actually. For the most part, it was mostly women. Um, we had a couple a couple guys here and there, but it was great because I was able to use his forklift guys and, you know, kind of his warehouse guys when we needed it. Not enough to where I needed to have someone on staff, but it was really great that we were able to kind of, you know, share and and work as a team when we needed to. So This is when I started presenting the company to retail places like Nordstrom and Ulta and Forever 21 and all these very cool retail stores, um, Planet Beauty, that we ended up getting into and having a relationship with and selling in their stores. So again, I went on another round of training tours, but this time it was in-store and training sales associates all about sunless tanners and how they work and how our products specifically work, how to help people figure out which product is right for them, how to show them how to apply it. Like the very best training I could possibly do, I did. I flew all over. We even took a family trip to Hawaii and New York. I really tried to hit all of the biggest and all of the, they call them doors, all of the locations, all of the doors that really could move the needle for the brand. I I charged it. I, work, I worked hard even through babies. I never took a maternity leave. I always had my laptop. I remember 
I remember being on my laptop after I gave birth to Stella in the hospital. And I remember the nurses asking me about it. But to me, it was kind of just normal. I loved it. Didn't feel like, oh, here we go. It just like, that was just what I did. That's who I was. Like I said, it was a part of who I was. I always took my laptop on vacations and I, I knew how to disconnect, but not completely. I would always check my emails at the beginning and end of the day make sure there weren't any fires to put out and keep on top of things. I took a big, it really weighed heavily on me once I had a team kind of to the next level because not only do I need to make this this company work and keep it successful, but now, you know, the livelihood of other people depends on me. And I took it really seriously and I always wanted to do the best I could. One thing that I didn't really love the whole time is being a boss to a big team because it kind of sucks. Like it's a fight. like when you have to let someone go, it sucks. When you have to get on with someone who isn't doing things, you know, the right way or well enough or when people are having a conflict. And also once you have a big team, like at, at our biggest, I had about 25 full-time employees. And when you're at, when you're at that and, and I was, you know, I was the one kind of leading them, there's a lot of admin stuff, right? And we had admin people, but as as the owner and the boss, it, it lands on you if different people are having, you know, friction or different someone's, you know, wants different time off or multiple people want time off the same thing. It was a lot of managing of things that I wasn't passionate about. I want to talk about sunless tanning. I want to help people really look and feel their best. That's where my passion always came from. I first thought of starting Million Dollar Tan because when I was young, my mom loved sunless tanners and she would always rub on those Neutrogena sunless tanners, which have come a long way now. But at the beginning, a long time ago, they were really orange and unnatural and streaky. And I was like, mom, there's got to be a better way to look tan without having to go to tanning beds or lay outside and bake, uh, bake your skin and dry it out and premature aging and risk skin cancer from too much sun exposure, all of that. There's got to be a better way. So that's why I started looking into my own formulas. And the one part that I mi- that I skipped over in college, to de- and people ask me this, like, how did you even start to develop your own formulas? I knew nothing about it. I literally just started researching and asking people. And it's amazing if you are just a like if you're just kind and you genuinely have questions, how many people will help you? And that's exactly what happened. I went to my lab at college and kind of asked the asked the guys in science about different things to start, and then I just called labs and I figured out what I wanted to make and I kept calling and kept doing meetings and interviews and met the right chemist to create what I wanted to. And then together we came up with the formulations. And this is how it worked through everything, through every different product that I made. That's exactly the process. I came up with the concept, lots and lots of rounds of testing, figure out the chemist and the lab that's right to make each formula. And they understand it. And I'm and I know that I'm getting the quality that I want, the quality of ingredients, the consistency and all that kind of stuff. And then off you go to having products made. Okay, so back to working hard, having babies. As I had more babies and as my my kids got older and I realized that I really wanted to be with them. And I I had nannies a little bit off and on 
and my kids were at school a little bit off and on, but I really realized as I as they were getting older that I was going to have to choose. I realized I couldn't have it all at the same time. And I've talked openly on the podcast about different things and different opportunities that I've passed up. So I wanted to be on QVC so badly for so many reasons. For a brand like mine, that is next level. That is the level that you want to get to. That is how your brand gets international recognition and the numbers are just huge. They just have such a huge audience that your 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 profits are huge, but also so many new people would try my products that might not have heard of them before. So I wanted to be on QVC so badly. I finally got a meeting. I went out there. We figured out the packs. We figured out everything. Um, I flew back for a second meeting to solidify the details, and they told me what my commitment would be. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't realize. And that was the moment that I that I realized I had to choose. I had to choose if I was going to really surge for the next, you know, five, 10 years and take my company to the next level. I mean, take it to the level to where a big, really for a company like mine, the big, big goal is for a big brand to buy you. One of the huge, one of the huge brands, and there's only a couple of them in the beauty industry to buy your company. So I was really at a crossroads. Do I work hard, build up the business, goal to sell it to a big company in years and years, or do I pass on some opportunities to be with the family? And if you've watched, if you've listened to some of my other podcasts about this type of thing, you know that I chose to downsize, not downsize, but pass on opportunities that would make me travel and be away from the family more. Like I said, it was a painful decision and a difficult crossroads. But for me, I just tried to decide every day what felt right. And as much as I had poured so much into the business, I also knew that for me, I just wouldn't feel right being gone all the time. And I was, you know, blessed with the situation to where the company was well established and profitable and working well. So even though it felt like I was passing up on something big and I really was, it also felt okay because I also knew that what I had going was great and we were just going to do more of what we were doing. So I made the company more efficient. I, as different people moved away or had babies or left, I kind of made the made our operations a little bit more streamlined so it wasn't such a big team and we were able to be more efficient with less people which was great and we we had some of our best years of the company this way working efficiently selling in lots of the major retailers and really doing well again as my kids got older and as i had parker my last little one i moved to working more from home so i would go into the office with the team for a couple days and then I would work from home a couple days and kind of did it that way and then transitioned into working completely from home. Again, knowing that knowing the business so well and I had such a good team that I loved and trusted, I was able to kind of do both, take care of my babies and 
run the business. Lots of lost hours of sleep. In fact, that's one of my biggest regrets through this whole thing is I would always compromise my sleep. I would always say, okay, I can just do an all-nighter tonight and then I'm caught up and then back in business. But I've really learned that sleep is so important. I mean, just as important as nutrition and water and exercise and everything else, probably more important. So I think that I did exhaust myself and age myself by many years by doing lots and lots of late nights and overnights. But in the in the moment and the time, that was the only way I knew to try to figure it out, to be able to take my kids to school and be present during the day, but have that long stretch of, you know, six or eight hours of computer work that I really needed and try to kind of do it all. But again, I really found that for me, as present as I wanted to be with my kids, I just couldn't do it all. I had to streamline my work. I had to outsource some things that I was used to doing. And it kind of just got to a point to where I I had it down. I had like a good rhythm down. But come January of last year, again, turning October, uh, turning 40 in October, I thought, man, what a ride this has been. This has, I mean, to start when I was 20, make mistakes, have some big wins and some big losses, but stay in business, build a really profitable, successful business. This has been a wild ride. But I don't want this to be my only story. And I don't want it to be my only business story. I love being an entrepreneur. I want new challenges. I want new adventures. And I've had offers throughout my time in business to buy my company, but forever I was like, I, I could never. I 100% no, not an option. But this year, looking at 40, it just, I kind of had a different lenses on and I thought, I am ready for a new challenge. The part that was so emotional is I could only see what was in front of me. I was so focused on what I was losing and the things I would be missing and, you know, giving giving ownership of something so important to me that felt like a part of me to somebody else was just really hard. I can't tell you how many days, how many days and moments I had crying, how many mornings I'd cry in the shower just because it, it changes hard, especially with something that's just so important to you. And it just felt like such a big part of me to let go. I just felt so conflicted. And I had to go through, like most things, all the ups and downs and the emotions. And I really, the really turning point for me was when I could not focus on what I was losing, but try to focus on what I was gaining. And that was so hard because I couldn't yet see and feel the new things that I would be gaining. I just kept thinking about all the things I would be losing and 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 the things that I was leaving behind. But as I started focusing on the fact that I would have a much lighter workload and more free time and just opportunities, Million Dollar Tan became a heavy business in the way that there was a retail side of the business, a pro side of the business. I had a podcast. I had online um, web series, um, learning, learning, um, learning webinars and different things that I did, online education and in person. It became a big, heavy business. We're shipping lots of packages and, you know, customer service and packages get lost and reorders and between the retail side and the pro side, we had over a hundred different SKUs between the different products and the different sizes and all the things to inventory and, you know, make sure we're handled and on time and lots of things to do in production. Just a big, heavy business, heavy as far as 
workload and different things to make sure happened on time. But also we need lots of warehouse space to house all of it and all the empty bottles and tops and everything that we've had to order in bulk and labels for next runs. It's a lot. It's a lot to keep organized. It's a lot on the daily. It's a lot in the big picture. So when I thought about taking this next step, I just thought, man, I've run this heavy business for my entire adult life. I want I want to try something new and I want to try something that's not quite so heavy. And I want to see what life is like without full emails and hundreds and hundreds of emails a day and my phone ringing constantly and my 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 text message and my Slack pinging all day from my team. Like that's all I've known and that's what I love, but I I want to challenge myself. I don't want to just keep doing what I'm used to and what's easy for me and what I've become good at. I want to try something new. So I opened up the business and so when I got a couple offers and I thought I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to get a broker and and put it out there. So I got a broker, put it out there, got a couple offers. The thing that was the most important to me, obviously, that they were good people and their goal was to build the business, not just sell out or not make it cheap or cheesy or blow out in any way. Because if that's what I was going to do, honestly, I could have made a ton of money if I just tried to, if I just sold through the inventory, if I just did a big, you know, a big sale, or I could easily liquidate to a warehouse or I mean, to a company or websites, that would be easy. I could make a ton of money just like selling off all the inventory that I had. It was really important to me that my brand carried on, that someone else took the torch and that it carried on and all the people that love the brand and order their products could still order the products in the same quality and everything like that. So I got an offer and I took the first offer. And the interesting thing about it is maybe if I would have waited, like the first real serious offer, the first one that I met with and we vetted them and make sure that everything was good. They had built lots of big brands before. They are based in San Diego, have big warehouses, ship lots of orders. So I knew that all my pro accounts would have great customer service and would have, you know, it would be a nice seamless transition. They could handle it and more was just so important to me. And also, I'm just not the type that's always like, I just don't don't ever want to be the person who's always looking for the better deal and loses out on the good deal. Could I have gotten a lot more? Maybe. Could I have, you know, gotten less? Maybe. I just feel like if something feels good and it feels right, you take it. You take a good offer. You take a sure thing. You take a guarantee. So that's what I did. And the craziest part about this entire thing is, like I keep saying, I I thought about this at the beginning of the year. I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to sell this company by 40. That feels like closing of a chapter, start a new chapter. That's the goal. So I tell my broker who I love, I want to sell this thing. If we're going to do it, I want to sell it by the time I turn 40. So I'm going back and forth with the people that ended up buying the company, going back and forth. I went to Puerto Vallarta, stayed in the most, like my favorite treehouse hotel ever. I'm on the phone doing calls over my actual birthday, which was midweek. And it kind of looked like we weren't, we just weren't sure if we were going to, if it was going to finalize. I pushed back on a couple things. They pushed back on me on a couple things. And then the craziest thing, the morning of my 40th birthday party at my house, I was getting ready in the morning and I got an email from my broker that said, done deal. Here's the paperwork. 
and I just died. Like it wasn't my actual birthday, but in a way it felt more so because it was like the day that all my friends and my family and everyone was coming over. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Out of all the days of this, and the buyers didn't know, out of all the days of this entire year, I was just like, I want, if we're going to do this adventure, I really want to have a clean close. I want to close this chapter. And so sure enough, I signed on the day of my 40th birthday party. And then when everyone came over that night, we were dancing and celebrating and that my friends made the sweetest toast. And then I thanked everyone for coming and I told them the news, which was just so cool to have so many people that I love there. And like people were like a lot of friends I hadn't even told because I wasn't sure if it was going to go through. And honestly, I didn't want to talk about it because it was so emotional. I wasn't ready for questions and all that. And so then when for everyone to have, you know, cocktails in hand and be like, what? No way. And cheers and celebrate and hug. It just couldn't have been a better close. And it just felt right. And all the times I had questioned myself, like, how could I be doing this? Is this the right move? Um, a lot of it, because I had to sacrifice so much being a mom, a lot of it felt like unfinished to me. I felt like, and I still feel like, to be honest with you, I didn't reach my maximum potential. Like if I would have, when I had that that fork in the road, if I would have gone on QVC and pushed and took every meeting and pushed, I probably, I, I think that I would have sold to a big business and that would have been a much bigger payout. But would it be worth the years of sacrifice? And for me, it just wasn't a sacrifice that I was willing to take. So it feels like a, an accomplishment for sure. I'm proud of myself for selling because it would have been so much more comfortable to keep doing what I've always done. But I do, I did feel a little bit unfinished, like, man, I didn't quite reach what I wanted to reach with the company. But again, I just believe you have to do what you, what you, what feels right in that moment every day and every season of life. And that's what I did. And so you can never, you can never regret doing what feels right and just feels like the right thing for everyone, for everyone involved. So bittersweet for lots of reasons. It's very interesting too, as we started the transition process, it almost felt like I was watching my husband date someone, or I guess my, like if my husband and I were to separate, but I still loved him, maybe like my ex-husband that I still loved watching him go on dates. I think that's the best way that I could ever like possibly describe it just because, man, it's just weird to see someone else. And the craziest thing is my email for 20 years has been lindsay at milliondollartan.com. And I just didn't realize that I was losing my email. So not only is that like super inconvenient and all this stuff, but like that feels like a part of me too. Like that's, that's my email. So having to transition out of all that um, was just so interesting. But I'm telling you now, I am going to have some time to regroup life a bit. I feel like I was always Every day had to be high energy. Um, and a lot of times there would be fires to put out with a big business. If something gets stuck on a ship coming from China, like I do, you know, that's that's a fire. Like I need to put out that fire. I need to problem solve. I had to really, and especially balancing family and husband and babies and friends and all the other things of life, a lot of things I didn't keep up with as much as I'd like, like keeping my house as organized as I'd like and um, photo books and scrapbooks and baby books and um, I don't, some adventures I want to take and focus on my health. I kind of have some tricky health things going on that aren't straightforward, that needs more attention. So that's my plan. That's the number one question that people ask me. Like, what are you going to do next? 
I'm going to do a brand new company and some new project. I'm not sure exactly what it is yet. I don't even want to know what it is yet because then I'll, I won't be able to resist just going with it. But I'm going to take some time just to regroup life before that next adventure. So focus on my health, organize my damn house, like get it really organized, like to the point to where everything's labeled and purged, like to the level that I want. I've always wanted it to, to be there. So that's what I'm going to do. Basically get my life in order. Also, just have a moment where my email's not full, my phone's not pinging and ringing all the time. And also some freedom to go on adventures with my kids, with my friends for a day, for an hour, for a week, whatever it is. Just that stuff. Like I said, I've always taken my laptop with me every everywhere I've gone, always. So just to kind of like relearn what it's like just to be me, not to be Lindsay at Million Dollar Tan, just to be me for a little bit. And then, so when I feel like all that's settled, then I'll start a new company. But what I'll do, and I'm going to make myself do this, is I'll take what I've learned, but I won't take anything I don't need. So I won't take the feelings of low self-confidence in certain things because of past projects that didn't work. But I will take all the great business lessons I've learned from really incredibly interesting people I've met and everything I've taught myself about how to be super efficient or create products that people love or how to market to people or explain people or find a need, a niche that's not currently served. It's taken me a long time to get to the point to where I realize that I get to choose what I bring with me on the next chapter. Things that I'm insecure about or maybe failures that still feel like a tender bruise, I'm going to let it go because it doesn't serve me. And who I who I was at that time or that mistake or that bad decision doesn't affect who I am going forward. You know, it's it's so empowering to realize that. And as part of this whole process of selling the business and thinking about the next steps, I've really realized that I need to take time. I need to like decompress. I need to have downtime. I need my favorite way. I'm, I swear I'm going to learn to meditate. I love getting massages or facials, just different things that like are good, healthy self-care and quiet time to reflect and or like think about nothing and rest my mind and just not and focus on the future. No, no more thinking about the things that I'm missing. No more looking at it like I'm watching my husband, ex-husband that I still love date someone. And I still, I, I'll see things come through my email or different changes they're making in the company. And it feels like a kick in the gut in a way because it's like, oh, like it still feels like it's mine. But it's a great life lesson in letting go and realizing what's important now and being ready for the next chapter. And that's what the next podcast is all about, is about next chapters in life. I've been reading so much about, at first I thought I was reading about reinventing yourself because I was like, who am I without Million Dollar Tan? I mean, a little bit personally, but also professionally, who am I without Million Dollar Tan? Like, I don't even know. So once I was researching and reading about reinventing yourself, I realized it's not actually reinventing yourself. It's just turning the next page. It's starting the next chapter. So that's where I'm at. I am turning the page, starting the next chapter, and I don't know exactly what it looks like, but like for me, that's the very best part about it. So that's it. That's the summary of how I got to this big new 
life adventure of selling my business, closing that chapter, and starting a new one, make sure you turn tune in to the next podcast all about next chapters in life. I'm excited to learn every uh, to share everything that I've learned about next chapters and how empowering it is and the different ways to approach starting a next chapter in life. Whatever next chapter you may be facing now or in the near future and the healthiest and most productive ways to approach that. So that's next. I hope this podcast was interesting in some way or inspiring. It was really fun to kind of share my journey, my very long journey, 20 years of this business and what it took to kind of move on and take the next steps. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.